0: PPC traffic, how strategic keyword placement increased conversion by 144%. And uh, we're going to drill right down. I want to point out that you can, you can join us or tweet this at hashtag webclinic, and we'll skip right through my bio and go straight to a case study. It is test protocol 1306A. This is very important. We're going to look at a case that some of you may have seen at some point Hardly on one of these clinics, perhaps at a conference or a summit, but we're going to look at it with a completely different set of numbers and and ask a sort of perplexing question. But let's begin with uh, a little bit of its background. The goal here is to obtain the most form submissions, the most leads. And uh, we have to increase email capture, and to do so, let's look at the control. But I want you to notice this control looks familiar, but the wording on the left is probably new to every single person in the audience. It says... Database of 12 million recent bankruptcy filers, and notice the paid search ad. It says bankruptcy mailing list. And uh, the quality business mailing list that gets you results to increase sales. I point that out because it's this sort of basis for a hypothesis that we form with our scientists and our analysts as we ask what is the customer thinking as they move from this place to the next place, i.e., the orientation, the transition from the paid search engine to the landing page. What are they anticipating? What do they expect to see? How can we take whatever expectation we created in the paid search ad and pay it off on the landing page? Now, that's the control, and I want you to just sort of think about it as we analyzed it. We say the headline is making a qualitative, hype field claim. It's not quantitative. It's not telling you something. I mean, there's clue, clearly 12 million recent bankruptcy filers, but there's not enough content beneath it, around it. The strength of it is, uh, is weak. Look at the two-column structure of the page and the tone of the call to action and the lack of credibility indicators. All of these are problems, and we're drawing out those problems by relying on the conversion heuristic that so many of you are familiar with from years ago developed in our research lab. The C equals 4M plus 3B plus 2 minus I minus F or 2I minus F minus 2A. In looking at the cognitive psychology, weighing the value, the incentive, the friction, the anxiety, we begin to sort of extract problems. Now those problems form the hypothesis. We begin to say, well, what can we do to address these weaknesses and what does this tell us? Uh, Or what can we sort of speculate is in the mind of this person that interacts with this particular control. To that end, we build a treatment. And I want you to see the radical difference between the control and the treatment. Now, I won't get into all the changes that we made, all that led up to this, except to point out the difference. 188% as an increase in total leads. So what you need to understand is that by applying a sort of methodological approach to the landing page, by trying to discern what's happening in the mind of the individual as they interact with this particular page, we are uh, building out a treatment and then testing that hypothesis. Now, this is just the beginning, and it doesn't really raise the question I want to raise, because if you think about it, look at the top of the page at the control and look at the changes to the treatment, but notice the difference in the wording. On the control version of this page, what we're seeing is uh, a specific connection to the paid search ad. Now, we know that the new page is outperforming the old page, and that would be contrary to what many of us would expect in such of a situation. In fact, if you if you really drill down, that's a dramatic lift. But it doesn't address one of the most important, you might say, principles that we've learned in the past from dealing with paid search, and that is that there isn't a proper connection between the paid search ad and the landing page. Beneath all this is a sort of approach to, to testing, where we begin with a radical redesign. You notice the new page was radical. We didn't change one element, we changed a cluster. And then we focus deeply on certain of those clusters, And then in the third phase of the test, we isolate down to a single variable. All three of these stages form the sort of uh, laser-like quality research uh, approach that leads you to the deepest and most profound insights regarding your customer. Remember, the goal of the test is not simply to get a lift, it's to get a learning. Remember that sustainable competitive advantage is born in your superior understanding of the customer's thinking. And in fact, the goal of all customer research is to help you predict customer behavior. Any research that doesn't enable you to predict customer behavior is likely a waste. Now, with that in mind, I want you to see a new version of the test. This is Test Protocol 1306B, 1306. Same experiment uh, looked at and diced differently with the data sets as we're trying to learn We have a whole team of PhDs and scientists and analysts that are working through these tests trying to extract the maximum learning. And so we have the control. This is the new page. And I want you to see the control, the new control. Now, uh, with all of those changes to the page, but this time the headline has been changed in the treatment to connect to the word bankruptcy. So let's look at them side by side. In the new control, the keyword is not present. In the treatment for this new phase of this test, or this new look at this data set, the keyword is present. What do you think that does? Well, we can see that the increase is 144% further. Now, wait a second. We got a significant lift the first iteration of this test by changing the way the entire page communicates. But we got a further lift when we drill down on that first two inches of the page, connecting it to the expectation created in the page search engine. It leads me to a deeper sort of more profound question. How does this compound when you compare the net of this sort of two part look at the test with the original control in overall performance? Well, it yields something rather dramatic. There is the original control. There's the winning treatment, which is the new control in the way we've presented this data. There is the uh, new treatment that was competing with the new control. If we separate that out and look at it from the standpoint of the compounding effect, what we actually see is a 603% increase in the lead rate. Now, that drives much of what I want to talk about in today's clinic. I have a very short time to communicate a great deal of content. We can spend this time and I can multiply stories or we can drill down deep and try to learn something profound and important that will enable us to get dramatic increases right away in our own sort of uh, campaigns. With that in mind, I want to invest every moment. You've even submitted pages. We're going to try to find time to look at some of your pages. But the most important thing we're going to try to do is to look for transferable principles, principles that we can all apply in our own context. Let's begin with the first. You do not optimize page search campaigns. You optimize thought sequences. And a small change, like keyword placement, can often have a big impact on the prospect's sequence of thought. And uh, I add to that a second principle. In order to understand the thought sequence of a prospect, as they arrive from the paid search ad, the marketer must be able to see both the path taken, that's, a, that's sort of a route, and the pattern followed. That's a, that's a behavior by the prospect. So, this first principle is trying to help us understand that a small change on the page can have a major impact on the mind. But the second principle is helping us try to understand that as we try to attempt that big impact in the mind, we need to look at the path, that's the route taken, and the behavior, that's the the pattern followed. Let me give an example here's the search engine. And this sort of drives home the point of everything we're going to look at as we break it into three components. Here is a search engine, and uh, notice the search term, become debt-free. Someone will assume types in that phrase, become debt-free, and uh, then they go to work on uh, trying to find the best solution for their need and their want. And as that happens, they choose an ad. And Let's let them choose an ad right now. So you'll notice in the upper right-hand corner, let's assume they click on that particular ad. Now, I want you to know that this is sort of the beginning of a journey. And if you could see me in the studio, imagine that I'm starting to move forward. I'm taking a step, and the first step for myself was typing in this search term. Now, I actually had steps prior to this, even as I thought about it. Perhaps something that occurred as I discovered a problem in my finance, but let's just pick up the journey, the mental journey right about here. So imagine that I've stepped, I've typed it become debt free, I see a paid search ad and I'm about to take another step and select an ad. Now selecting an ad is going to move me to a new sort of context. I'm going to move off this page to a new destination. It's a mental destination. Remember, what's going on is not anything to do with pages. You can say, well, it's not really a journey. No, it's not. And it's not really a page. It's, it's a sequence in the mind. Because what's happening is I'm looking at zeros and ones that somehow are controlling the number of pixels and the way the pixels occur on a screen. They're creating an illusion. And I'm responding to the visual cues of that illusion. But I'm now leaving the context of that mental Uh, sort of geography, and I'm moving to a new location. And so I step, but this step is unlike the other steps that brought me this far. I only step when I click on that ad with one foot forward. I'm going to turn, for those in the camera, and walk towards the camera a little bit to sort of make more sense of this. So I've taken several steps, and I'm backing way up in the studio, and I'm moving forward. In fact, let me back just a little bit farther. And onward I have gone until I get to this particular ad. And while I arrive at this point, I'm going to take one major step. But the front foot is going to land on that paid search ad. I'm going to click through and essentially move through that ad to the landing page you see on the screen right there. But my back foot is going to remain in the search engine because I'm taking a quick peek. And if I don't see what I expect to see, if there isn't enough of the right content on this page, if I don't have a proper sort of experience, I will pick up that foot foot, I will go back into the engine, and I will select another ad, a different ad, as you can see on the screen, and I will step onto that single sort of uh, World, And when I enter that world, I'm looking, and if I see perhaps what I'm looking for, I may take the back foot, bring it with me, and land firmly on the page. In that simple illustration, I'm trying to help you understand that your goal in the paid search sort of part of your campaign is to get the back foot out of the engine and to get both feet firmly planted on the landing page. In this case... Landing is a wonderful word to describe the page. We want this party, we want this person to fully land on our page. I've taught in other clinics and in other conferences sort of how this connects. I've told you that a headline is essentially a pickup line designed to get into conversation and that that landing page needs someone to meet me, to say something to me, to get my back foot out of the engine and on to the new landing page. And I can't reteach that now, but you can learn all about that in other clinics and resources and perhaps someone can tweet from our side uh, or use uh, some of the features in GoToMeeting to give you some places where you can learn more about that. I want to make a simple, simple point. The path and the behavioral pattern now become essential. It is the path I'm taking and it's the behaviors, where I click, what I look at how I process that are going to determine the success of your campaign. And so there are essentially three critical factors that will help you get the visitor to your site to step through from the engine to the landing page and deliver their attention to your offer. How do you move them? How do you get them to do so? Let's begin with the first of the three. The first factor is something called channel momentum. And so I'm going to sort of teach that right away with another key principle. Whenever you see a slide with that finger pointing and that particular phrase, it's an indicator that we're going to get to the sort of core underlying content. We've used that same ugly little icon for many years to try and help you understand this is a key thing. This is a transferable principle. This is something significant for you to capture. And then we often illustrate with case studies and experiments because we want to ground everything we're teaching in data and in experiments and in experience. So uh, here's the first. The probability of conversion on a landing page is directly related to the degree of momentum. Momentum in this case is customer expectation, and it's generated by the way you design that page or chat. So the probability of conversion is directly related to the degree of momentum generated The customer expectation generated from the paid search ad. The goal of the paid search ad is not to sell a product. Actually, its goal is to initiate momentum. Its goal is to initiate this momentum by converting attention into interest and then into action, which in this case is a click. If you don't start with the attention and if you don't move past attention into interest, you won't get to action. If you skip attention and begin with interest, you still won't get to action. And if you don't get action, you don't get the back foot from the search engine onto the landing page. You need all three of these components. And these are three micro yeses embedded in the paid search ad. So thinking of it that way allows us to sort of review a case study that's just coming up in one moment. We must ask ourselves a principal question. And this question is very, very carefully constructed from 15 years of research from more than 10,000 path tests and experiments like I'm describing. In fact, I think we're at nearly 15,000 now. And, and it is and begins with this, if I am your ideal prospect. And by the way, that's the most important part of this whole statement. If I am your ideal prospect, why should I click on this paid search ad rather than any other paid search ad. Now, when I ask that question, I'm touching research that has to do with derivative value propositions. There are four kinds of value propositions. If you don't know about that, again, let me direct you to a clinic. I don't know where, but my staff perhaps can tweet you a link to a clinic that will teach you about these four types of value propositions. And uh, if you're new to marketing experiments, there's more than $20 million worth of research for free on the marketingexperiments.com website. Go there and and uh, and get the clinic, watch the video, read the report, learn. All I want you to do now, however, is focus on this question. You must ask this about every single ad you prepare. Your ad has its own special value proposition. I'm not talking about the value proposition of your company. I'm not talking about the value proposition of the product you're trying to sell with the ad. What you're competing with in the paid search engine is not necessarily the competing company that your CEO worries about. You're competing with the other ad that might win a click. And you've got to take, and that ad might be from a company much poor. That ad might be from a company that doesn't even come close to your nearest competitor's market share. But it is the single most important threat to your paid search campaign. Because if that other ad gets a click, and if indeed that other ad gets the back foot out of the search engine, and onto the landing page, you've lost your primary opportunity to convert this person. So what do you do about this? Well, we need to think about that in the light of this case study. Test protocol 1214, leading software provider. Gold is to increase the number of leads captured. I like this note under approach. This experiment ran for 18 weeks. We tested 16 different ads. We observed more than 950 50,000 that's a nearly a million unique impressions we ran this series of ads an audience take a moment vote with me tell me which one of these ads and let's uh, let's number them uh, we'll we'll number them moving down the page 1 2 3 the left column 4 5 6 the right column just put your number in use the uh let's see use the question and answer feature to vote or use uh, you know your tweet function to comment or vote but we're reading all of these i see grant just voted 2 Rick voted five. Let those votes come in. And uh, I'm going to just move sideways studio because I can't see that little left because my monitor's covering it. Uh, five, five, one, five, five, two, two, four, five, six, six, one, five, five, five is really dominating. Five, five, one, two, one, five, four, one, six, six, one, two. There you go. And as, I, as I'm as I'm watching those votes come in, and we'll look at all of them, even after I'm done speaking about it, we review the entire clinic, every comment we learn from the data sets. We learn from how well you vote. But just take a moment and look at that. Your votes are in. Let me see. The last one that I see right now is Alexa voting one, and I want to take you to the winning ad, which is right here. Number one on demand, 6,459 plus world clients, award-winning solution, free trial. That ad one. and let's sort of, Look at it in the numbers. It was a 21% increase in click through. Now, we're going to say a lot more about that 21% in a little bit of time coming up here. We're going to show you how we parlayed that 21% into a 200% plus increase. And that all happens as you start to put all three of the factors we're going to teach you. But right now, we're working on just one. And you'd understand this channel momentum. This channel momentum is being created by the expectation you generate in the ad. And by the way, just think, before we go any further, just think that when you click on the new ad, the best performing ad, there's a lot of expectations being generated. They expect you to be, uh, have a lot of clients, 6,459 plus world clients. They expect there to be awards to validate what you've just promised and pay off that promise. They especially expect there to be a free trial. Very clear. They shouldn't have to look for it. They shouldn't hit a home page. They should hit a, a page designed to connect with the momentum being generated by the ad. We'll get to all of that later. Let's just look at what not to do. Here's one, event management software. This is from our case study file. And here is the new ad. And what's the difference? 118% increase. Notice the the difference in approach. 32 easy to use, customizable tools. 120,000 plus planners use it. Try it free. Or try free. Do you see how powerful that is? Do you see the set of expectations that are being generated? The landing page must pay off on those expectations or that back foot will never come forward. Let's look at another. Not this. Relief from back pain, And it says something that might really work, but it's always about a test. I've said the next statement so many times, I don't know how I could ever keep count of it. But I don't believe in experienced or I'm sorry, I don't believe in expert marketers. There are no expert marketers. There are only experienced marketers and expert testers. The first ad talks about reclaiming your life. It says there's a 30-minute groundbreaking back pain procedure. That's a nice opportunity. But let's look at the next ad. Not this but this. Avoid open back surgery and try accuracy back pain treatment and one micro incision for pain relief. That particular ad focuses on allaying very specific fears. It doesn't just say a 30 minute procedure, it tells you it's one micro incision. And it touches your fear as opposed to talks about a promise of relief. In the end, it produces a 47% increase, which in a paid search ad is a substantial gain and was in particular for this organization. This is uh, generating a very particular sort of channel momentum, and it must be paid off on the landing page, which brings me to the next point. That's transition orientation. Now, that's uh, what my father would have called a 50-cent word, and, uh, and it sounds uh, complex, but it's really, it's really touching something very significant. When people move from one geographic domain to another, there's a moment of orientation. Am I in the right place? What am I supposed to do here? There are questions that come with that movement, and you've got to cue in on those questions. You've got to understand those questions and make sure you're answering them very, very quick. You have seven seconds to answer three questions. Now, if you've been on clinics with us before, you've heard this. Many of my audience right now have not, so be, be kind to them while I say it one more time and then drill down on new content. But the three questions are these. Where am I? What Do you really want me to do here? What can I do here? What am I supposed to do here? How many times do they land on a page? They're not sure if they're in the right place. And it's hard to figure out what you're supposed to do. You say, well, you know, does that apply to big companies? Have you ever been on the Microsoft site? Have you been in one of these big sites and said, wait a second, where am I? Am I in the right place on this site? It doesn't matter how big your brand is. In fact, the bigger your brand is, typically, the tougher these problems become, the more important the answers to these questions become. Where am I? What can I do here? And then comes the all-important driver of velocity, the key. Why? Why should I do it? Which is the beginning of the articulation of the key question that motivates the value proposition. But Let's just keep going. So, here is an ad we saw. Or at least, we saw a version of paid search ads from this group. Consolidate credit cards. Notice the ad. Notice the expectation. Consolidate to one low payment now. But it's a generic page the ad is being sent to. So the expectation created in the ad, which creates or fosters the momentum, is not being dealt with properly when they land on this page. They're not even sure they're looking at the right page as it connects to the messaging of the ad. And in the moment of orientation, in that moment of confusion, many people take their back foot and shift their weight to it, take their front foot, pull it out of the page, go back to the search engine, Google counts on this, they make a lot of money because of this, and we look again. On the Internet, we eliminate confusion by using a little green arrow at the top of the screen. It's different than many other areas. And so you can't afford to let someone terminate your opportunity with a single click of a mouse. You've got to get this part right. So not this, but this. A specific landing page that connects precisely to the messaging in the ad, which produces a dramatic gain. Now, someone in the audience submitted this page. Uh, Bit Defender, look at the ad. Safety pay or safe pay. Protect your online transactions. Now, you see the three questions? See the ad? The ad is on the left. The page is on the right. Audience, let's help this person. OMG, that page is horrible. That's uh, Dave. Hey, Dave. I've seen you on here many times and, uh, and, and Penny, I can't get into your point, but it's an excellent point. Uh, the SEO piece is critical. Although I would say this, don't drive SEO traffic to your paid search landing pages. It's better to separate the two so you can optimize for paid search differently than the way you optimize for your organic search. And, uh, Maynard said, is that a snake image? Uh, that might be helpful to uh, to the person who submitted the page. The call to action is missing, says Paul. Why should I trust your company, says uh, Dom? And uh, and there's no mention of awards, says Kim. And why use Bitdefender or Byte? I, assume, I assume it's Bitdefender. And what is that, says Brandon. And too many places to look, I can't focus, says R.D. And 60% off of what, says Barb. And looks like marketing, says Greg. And too many repetitive images, says Kathy. All of these are good insights. And if you submitted this page, we're not trying to make you feel bad, but we're just trying to help you learn something about the page. And you have a wonderful focus group right now who's giving you input. In fact, I want to make some quick suggestions and then move swiftly to the final point. We're running out of time. Actually, am I moving? Yes, to the final point. So here, here is some thoughts. Number one, it says Bitdefender SafePay. Protect your online transactions. Then we hit a page that has a lot of real estate being taken by a single word, Bitdefender. You're telling me where I'm at. You've answered the first question, but you haven't answered, what can I do here? And you haven't begun to answer, why can I do it? And you haven't connected with award-winning. You haven't connected with even an understanding that it's antivirus software. What you're looking at doesn't make that clear. You're using a full, I would say, one-third of the monitor space to save very little. You're offering a 60% off sale, but that's nothing like what you said in the paid search ad. And even if that's important, it's not important until I'm interested in the product and I don't see enough content to be interested in the product. The 60% off would matter to me if I was an existing customer who understood the value and now I see a unique opportunity to capture that same value at less of a cost. But at this point in the thought sequence, it's too early because you haven't given me a reason to even want the product, before you've offered me a lower cost. Now, there's much more I'd like to say, but I've got four minutes left, and I've got an entire point, so I'm moving to factor three, value transfer. This has to do with taking the value generated as they move into the landing page and interact with your messaging and transferring it through every single step. Now, that happens... Through congruence, that's getting everything on the page to agree with the messaging, and continuity, getting every step in the process to agree. And some of you in our courses have heard those two words, but I want to show it to you in a unique way in just a moment, although I want to remind you of an excellent example. Remember the paid search ad, 21%? Well, this is how we took that 21% paid search ad and turned it from a victory into a route. And here's what I would do is show you how the paid search ad connected to a controlled landing page that had a beautiful smiling face with no connection whatsoever to the ad. And what we did was change the ad so that it matched everything we promised in. And I want you to notice, this is not a pretty page, nor is it the final page. In fact, I think it's an ugly page. But ugly or not, every component of the ad is being paid off on the landing page. And in doing so, what we experience is a 54% increase in conversion. And that's not all, because that same 54% is transferred to the form page, which takes the same initial sort of content increase and, and moves the main messaging right to the form. All in all, it produces a 272% increase in conversion and a 302% increase in, in margin. Why is that so Essential, because what's driving that dramatic success are these three factors that we've been talking about: the channel momentum and, uh, and that orientation, that important transition point. And then as they move through, there's a value transfer from every step, reminding you of the key value through every phase, even on the form that you're filling out. And that in itself sets up a sort of a sort of uh, building velocity. And that, that, that increasing velocity increases conversion. Look at one more example, and you'll see something you've never seen perhaps in these clinics. Test protocol 1519. A technology and media company specializing in online registration and event management software. Notice what they have here. The headline conveys little to no meaning. The image does not support the value of the product. The copy buries most of the important points of value. And the call to action fails to build the value of the click. Notice the treatment. Headline directly states the value of the product. Copy pulls up the most important points. The call to action builds the value of the click. And and the image shows the location of a real customer and connects the entire messaging. So you move from control step one to control step two to a whole different approach. Look at step two now. No values being expressed in the control. There's no transference. Like the previous case study, there's no transference of value onto this final portion. But look at treatment too. Uh, the difference, the call-out image, and then look at the simple addition of that, that box on the right-hand side establishes the value, and even the wording on the button emphasizes the value. What do you have? Well, when you put it together, this is the new approach. Treatment step one, treatment step two, and the result a 548% increase in total leads. Now, that's remarkable gain for, these, uh, for this company, for the person who was brave enough to make these changes on their page, and to do the sort of research that forces the marketer to see their collateral through the eyes of the customer. But let's move past that because what's really important today is that you're able to take some of these principles and apply them to you. And here's a, here's, a, here's a checklist that you can extract and utilize when you're trying to take the three principles that we've just taught and use them as you think about your own campaigns. All of that sort of ties together in a way that enables you to sort of gut check what you're producing and say, do I have the right campaign? Do I have... Am I building momentum in the channel? And am I transferring that at the moment of orientation? And am I taking that value and building it throughout every step in a way that's both congruent and a way that uh, is continuous? That enables all of this. Now, while I'm talking to you, you probably don't see this. Let me show you something. Bring that up to me. I have a gentleman in the back room, and this is the thing that I just got handed. I'm showing you this. If you're in the audience, you can't see me if you're on the video right now. It says zero minutes. I'm out of time. Uh, My time is up, and I want to do everything I can to help you. In fact, we're going to be teaching a lot more of this at the new Optimization Summit coming up in Boston. Uh, There's a lot of speakers. We will be talking about all these principles I invite you to attend. I'm grateful for everyone's participation. If you've enjoyed today, would you tell a friend? And more importantly, as you're leaving right now, give us some feedback. Help us understand. In fact, just use the Q&A feature of GoToMeeting. I'm going to remain in the studio and read your content. And uh, and Mark, I will see you at Harvard University. Uh, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Uh, for I'm watching comments come in. But let me see your, your feedback, your comments, and we'll keep working to try and discover what works. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments Live Web Clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com.